Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us once again. The last time that we were able to meet here in person was on Sunday morning, March 15th. And I remember saying that morning that we needed to cherish that moment because it could likely be several weeks before we were able to meet in person again. Well, nine weeks have passed between that day and today. Now, no matter where you may be individually, as far as what you believe is or is not necessary regarding the coronavirus or COVID-19, as we refer to it a lot, I think we can all agree this morning that the world is such a different place than it was when we met here nine weeks ago. Now, over the last several weeks, um, I've started getting some questions about, Brother Todd, your hair is a lot more gray than it was when we saw you last, and it is. It is, and it's due to extreme stress. I realize that there may be some that believe the last nine weeks have been a vacation for Brother Blake and me. It has been anything but that. My waking hours deal with COVID-19. What should be required? What should not be required? Every waking hour. It is on my mind. I go to bed at night. Sleep a few hours. I typically, most mornings I wake up at either 1.30 a.m. or 2 a.m. Not because I want to, but because my body wakes me up. And as soon as I wake up, it's already on my mind. Who's mad at each other? Who's going to be mad at you if you make that decision? And I know there's people that are hearing me right now, whether you are joining in this congregation this morning in person or hopefully uh, by the live stream this morning. I know there are people that are agitated about certain things. There are certain people that are mad because we've suggested that we wear masks. There are other people that are upset because they don't think they should have to wear masks. There are people that are upset because they believe we've resumed in-person services too soon. And then there are others that are upset because they don't think that we should ever have stopped in-person services in the first place. And I know it would be easy to hear all that and say, well, Brother Todd, you should just trust the Lord. I am. We are. And I hope you are too. But whatever it is that might be bothering you this morning, whatever it is that you might be agitated about this morning, I want to challenge you to do one thing. I want you to look at that thing that is upsetting you in light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Does it make an impact on the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is it significant or is it, is it a personal preference? And if it's a personal preference, we need to let it go and love our neighbor as ourselves. Now, now that we're back together today, obviously in-person worship looks different. You can see that in our sanctuary. We're social distancing. And I'm going to do my very, very best to hold the sermon today to something less than 30 minutes. As you can see on the screen, I'm continuing the First Thessalonians sermon series today. This is sermon number three. I actually began this sermon series in November of 2019. Since that's been a while ago, I have developed three slides this morning that will hopefully quickly get us to 
the same starting place. So the first sermon in this particular series covered chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. And that particular text showed us what a model church actually looks like. Now there were several takeaways from that particular sermon, but I want to refresh your memory on two of them this morning. Number one is a church without the presence of God the Father and Jesus is nothing other than a building. Or possibly a country club. Number two, the lives of the members are transformed. Their faith in Jesus leads to works. Their labor is motivated by love. Their endurance is inspired by hope in Jesus. And again, I want to ask you the things that we spend our, the most of our time in. Would others say that those are motivated by love or not? Do we have a model church? Do we have a model church here at Greensburg Baptist Church? Now, there were several points of application from that very first sermon, but I'm going to remind you of three of them this morning. Number one, be a member of a local church and get connected and care for other believers. This will allow you to grow in faith and service. Number two, when persecution comes, and I remember that particular day saying, it is not a question about if persecution is going to come. The question is when it comes. When's it going to be? If we live long enough, church, we are going to experience persecution. And I want to challenge you this morning. When persecution comes, view it through the lens of spending eternity with Christ. And it will look different. It won't necessarily make the persecution fun. But if we look at that through the lens of spending eternity with Christ, the persecution looks different. And then finally, be known by your love for God and for others. And I pray that that is what we are known for here. I pray that's what you're individually known for, by your love for God and for others. The second sermon in this series I preached on January 26, and it showed us a model for Christian leadership, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. There were several takeaways from that particular sermon. Again, I'm going to remind you of three. Number one, we must seek God's approval in what we do, not man's approval. Number two, what's our motive? What is our motive? It must be all about Christ. cannot be about us or our personal preferences. It's got to be all about Christ. And number three, we must serve as an example. We must serve as an example. Now that brings us to today. Today we're going to be focusing on chapter 2, verses 13 through 20. I'm going to start with verse 13. And as we start going through these verses one by one, or sometimes in groups, I want you to think about the following statement. If we really trust God's Word, we will accept it over our personal preferences, and we'll have the desire to live it. If we really trust God's Word, we will accept it over our personal preferences and we will have the desire to live it. So when we look at this verse, and we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the Word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the Word of men, but as what it really is, the Word of God, which is at work in you believers. Now, when I look at this particular verse, there are some things in this verse that excites me. First of all, we see that there is a continual thanking God for something. It says we thank God constantly. What, what are we thanking God for? For this, that somebody received the Word of God 
How did that happen? Look how it is. They heard it from somebody. So somebody shared the word of God and somebody else listened. And they didn't just listen. They accepted it. And they did not just accept it as the word of men, but as what it really is. The word of God. And then the thing about this that probably excites me more than anything else about this particular verse, which is at work in you believers. I wonder, is the Word of God at work in you? Because, you know, we know that God's Word is powerful. Look at Hebrews 4.12. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's how powerful that God's Word is. And I wonder this morning, is it at work in you? Now, many of you have heard me say before that... For the last several years, on January 1st of every year, I began a Bible reading plan. And throughout the year, it allows me to read through the entire Bible simply by reading small chunks of Scripture each day. Now, one day earlier this week, John 12 was in my Bible reading plan. And there were two verses in particular that morning that were in my Bible reading plan that the Lord used to bring deep conviction over my life. And it was John 12 verses 10 and 11, which says, So the chief priest made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. And you know, it caused me to wonder who, who really is believing in Jesus because of me. Who? Who is believing? Who has believed in Jesus because of me? And you know why I'm afraid it may be a small number? I'm afraid it may be a really small number of people. I wonder who's believing in Jesus because of you? Church, who's believing in Jesus because of us? How many people have we seen saved in the last 10 years? That brings deep conviction on my life. And I hope it does yours too. People, we need to see people saved. God wants us to see people saved. We have got to tell people about Jesus. Maybe I don't do it enough. I want to challenge us all to do it more. Because we can be rejoicing just like the earlier verse that I just read. Because people heard, they accepted, and they followed Jesus and served Him. We can be rejoicing just like that. And I pray that we'll get to very, very soon. Verse 14. For you, brothers, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews. Now, when we look at this particular verse, when we look at this very verse, we see a word that we're really not a lot, we're not comfortable with, and we just as soon not think about it, and that's suffered. Most of us, when we wake up every morning, 
Suffering is not on our to-do list, is it? We had just as soon not suffer. And you know, I want, to, I want to challenge you to remember something I said right at the very beginning of this sermon. When persecution comes, view it through the lens of spending eternity with Christ. And you might be saying, well, persecution's not mentioned in this verse, and it's not. But suffering is, and normally suffering and persecution go hand in hand. And I'm telling you again, church, it's coming. Persecution is coming to us. And I want you to look and notice why the suffering is occurring in this particular verse. It's occurring from your own countrymen. I want to ask you a question. Does it usually hurt worse when you experience suffering and it's due to the result of somebody you thought was a friend? Does that hurt worse than it does if a total stranger causes you to suffer? And the answer is yes, it does. So let's, let's not cause each other to suffer. We have got to love our neighbor as ourself. And I want to, I want to tell you something. And when I make this statement, I'm not just talking about this church. But Christians have got to realize that non-Christians are watching the church right now. They are watching the church. And you want to know why they're watching? Not so much to see how we treat them. They're watching to see how we treat each other during this time. What are they seeing as they look at us? I pray, I pray that they're seeing a picture of people loving with each other. Verses 15 and 16. It goes on to just uh, describe the mentality of someone who would be defined as a persecutor. And when you look at that, you've got to realize that there's a war going on between good and evil. And that war has been happening from the very beginning of time all throughout history. You know, those who were persecuting the Thessalonians, they were following in the path of the people who had previously killed the prophets and also Jesus. These Thessalonians were receiving from their own countrymen the same treatment that the Judean Christians had received from the Jews. Now, I want you to know, I want you to remember this. Those who attack the gospel of Jesus Christ always are involved in sin. And the result of it is God's wrath. And I wonder, have you ever experienced a situation where it was just so clear to you that a certain situation just had sin poured all over it? And you were absolutely convinced that everybody that was involved in it, they were sinners. They knew that they were willingly participating in sin. Sometimes we can almost find ourselves getting to the point of thinking, I just wish God would go ahead and pour out His wrath on them and change the situation. It's almost easy to get to that point. But folks, I want to tell you, when we're talking about God's wrath and wanting Him to pour it out, are we just as eager for Him to pour out His wrath upon our sinfulness that's in our life? And probably the answer is no. Probably the answer is no. So we have got to be careful about wanting God to pay, to pay, pour out His wrath on someone. But I've got some good news for you this morning. Jesus really did pay it all. Jesus paid it all. And all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson, what, stain 
he washed it white as snow. Earlier this week, as I was preparing for this sermon, one day I, I took a break to check my messages, and there are a number of people that send me messages through Facebook, and that's absolutely fine. That's, that's definitely one of the ways that you can contact me. But I logged on Facebook to check my messages, and one of the very first things I saw in my news feed was this graph that's on the screen behind me. And I reached out to the person that had posted, and I said, I would love to use that as a sermon illustration on Sunday. He said, okay. And he responded back, and he said, it's fine with me. I don't have any idea where it came from. I just came across it and posted it on my own timeline. But I I want you to see something on this. This point right here, where the arrow is initially, that's supposed to represent where we are at the moment of conversion. At the moment that we ask Jesus to become our Lord and Savior, you know, at that moment, we really, our our minds really can't grasp fully how holy that God really is, can we? we? We can't grasp that. Now, we know God's holy, but I, when I was saved at a, as a nine-year-old little boy, my mind didn't realize but a fraction of how holy that I have realized now that God is. And I think you're probably the same way. And at the same time, at the moment of our conversion, even though we know sin is bad, even though we know that sin has separated us from God, even though we know that we have just asked Jesus to forgive us of our sins and to be our Lord and Savior... Our minds at that moment can't fully comprehend how bad that sin really is. It can't really comprehend it. But you know, as we begin to walk with Christ, our relationship with with Jesus, with God, grows. And we begin to have a greater and greater knowledge of how holy that God really is. And throughout that process, guess what also happens? We begin to have a deeper and deeper knowledge of how bad our sin really is. And when we see this, the space between the two continually keeps getting bigger and bigger. And you know what that does? It causes us to appreciate the cross so much more. We should appreciate the cross and the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on that cross more and more as each Day goes by. And I hope you do. I know I do. And when we're preparing to close this morning, verses 17 through 20, just out of just respect for time this morning, me trying to finish hopefully in 30 minutes or less. My, my original target was 20 minutes. So we'll see if I can make that one. <laughs> we'll see if I can make that one. But I want you to know that Paul was a bold man. And I want, you to, I want you to remember that as you read these last three verses. We see that Paul is describing his love for these people. And we see that people are to remain the priority of our lives and of our efforts. You know, Paul was a very, very bold man. Both in his instruction and in his affection for people. He faced battles. Don't miss that. Paul faced battles. He faced false accusations. He faced riots. He was even run out of this city. 
But even in the midst of all of that, he did not forget about the new believers. Now, how easy might it have been if we had been in Paul's shoes after we had faced all that and after we had been run out of that city, how easy would it have been to keep running? Really, how easy would it have been to keep running and to never want to go back there again? But that's not what Paul did. People were his priority. He didn't forget about those new believers. But I want you to get this out of this particular passage. But Satan hindered us. Satan hindered us. And you know what? Satan will hinder you too if you're truly following Jesus. Satan will hinder you too. Expect it. But you know what? When we come under attack from Satan, we can go on a pity party or we can allow it to increase our faith in Jesus Christ. The choice is up to us. Will we allow it to call us to even greater faith and a greater reliance upon Jesus So you may be wondering this morning, how can I apply this text to my life? I'm going to give you four specific ways this morning that you can apply this text to your life. First of all, learn what God thinks by knowing His Word. Now, how do do you come to know His Word? You've got to read it, right? You've got to read it. You've got to make that a priority in your life. And then rest in His sovereignty as you obey it. As you obey it. Is obeying God's word always easy? No, it's not. But we we should obey God's word even when it's not easy. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself by doing what is best for the whole instead of how you might personally feel. Number three, tell others that you love and appreciate them and then act like it and then act like it. Number four, expect some opposition, some test, and even persecution when you're faithful to the Lord. So for a moment as we close, I want to talk to anyone here today that does not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I also want to talk directly to people who are watching on the live stream right now who may not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I want you to know that making the decision to follow Jesus, it truly is exactly like we tell people in Bible school. And speaking of Bible school, I hope that you've looked at at the bulletin that's posted online this morning. You're going to find some attachments to it. And there isn't one of the attachments there is about our VBS that's coming up. We're having a virtual VBS this year. If you've got questions about how that looks, contact Catherine Bonds, and she will answer those questions for you. Um, but we tell people in VBS, we tell kids in VBS how to accept Jesus. And you know what? It's, it's a simplified approach. But you know what? Those kids understand it. And sometimes I wonder, do we, do we make the process of surrendering your life to Jesus too difficult? Maybe we do. But I want you to know this morning, it really is as easy to surrender your life to Jesus and and to ask Him to be your personal Lord and Savior as we tell people in Bible school that it is. 
we often refer to it as the ABCs of salvation or the ABCs of Christianity. The A stands for admit. You've got to admit that you're a sinner. You've got to admit that that sin has separated you from Jesus Christ. And you've got to realize that if you continue on your current path, that your eternity will be spent in hell. And once you're there, it's forever, for all eternity. There is no getting out. The B stands for that you've got to believe that Jesus is God's Son, that He truly lived a life that contained no sin, and that He loved you so much that He went to the cross and He died for you. But He didn't stay dead. Three days later, He arose from the grave. And He's waiting for us right now, those who are in Christ to spend eternity with Him. The C stands for confess. We've got to confess not only that Jesus is Lord, but that confess part may be the hardest of all three of the ABCs because the confessing involves a repenting and turning from your life of sin. It doesn't allow willful remaining in your sin. But if you do those three things, Jesus will come into your heart and He will be your Lord and your Savior. So this, as we prepare to enter the the time of invitation, actually invitations now will look different than they did prior to nine weeks ago. We're, We're no longer asking people to come forward due to social distancing guidelines. And I want you to know that if you have anything that you would like to talk about. As soon as the service is over, Brother Blake and I will be outside on the front sidewalk, and you are welcome to come and talk to us. We will be glad to talk to you. We will be glad to pray with you. If if you need to accept Christ today, we will be glad to introduce you to Jesus. And that can happen on the front sidewalk as easy as it can happen in this sanctuary. It can happen in your living room this morning if you're watching by live stream, just as easy as it could if you were here in person. But if God is knocking on your heart's door, today's the day of salvation. And now is the appointed time. So as we close this morning, I wonder, is the Word at work in us? Is the Word at work in us? Now I pray that the answer is, is yes. Would you pray with me, please? Father, thank you for the day that you've given us. Thank you for the people that you have brought to this place this morning. Father, I thank you for the people that have joined us online this morning. Lord, I pray that that your message has gone forth. And Father, I just pray that today that people will be saved. I pray that we'll see you set people free. Father, I pray also that you will keep the church unified during this time. I pray that we will be known as people who love our neighbor as ourselves. And Father, I pray most of all that when people look at us, I pray they'll see a reflection of you. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. 
Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.